0: This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome everyone, this is Karen Cole from Life Online and Talent Talks. And today I have with me Martin Probst from Profound Leadership. And Martin has had a very interesting career. He has been on a mission to maximize human potential and achieve peak performance in a supportive work environment. And so far, Martin, this has seen you do some extreme hours. So I don't know if you want to take over and just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about this journey you've been on.
1: That sounds great. Thank you very much, Karen, for having me. And uh, hello, everyone. Uh, great to be here. And uh, yes, I am on a bit of a journey, probably longer than I expected. But I did start my own business about 10 years ago. Actually, yes, in my 10th year. And a lot has uh, happened. And really, I uh, started to realize that emotional intelligence is such an important topic where we probably just don't know enough to really master our minds and furthermore really feel comfortable in our skin and really actually have that uh, opportunity to connect to our emotions.
0: Martin, today you're joining us specifically to discuss how we can take charge of our emotional and mental well-being. And in your article, you refer to the skill of emotional mastery What exactly does this mean, and why is it such an important skill to learn? Why the emphasis on it, especially in today's world?
1: Yeah, emotional self-mastery is such a big word uh, to to kind of outline it in a very simple way. I believe emotional self-mastery means that we can approach our feelings with a great sense of curiosity. You know, that's that curiosity that we had as a child where we had to, wanted to know everything, why, why, why? And I think especially as an adult, we sometimes forgot how to utilize that wonderful trait because our feelings will teach us a lot about ourselves if we actually listening to them. I believe too often in today's busy and ever-changing worlds, uh, we actually try to suppress our emotions rather than embracing them and um, I think once we do connect with our emotions, we can then live up to our full potential uh, and, and actually live in harmony. And to me, that is what emotional self master is really all about.
0: Is that living harmoniously?
1: Absolutely. And harmoniously, maybe to elaborate even a bit more on that, Quite often, we try to make sense of the world from a mindset perspective, which is, of course, very important, but aligning or or harmony, meaning that we actually say what we feel, but also feel what we say, bringing that in harmony is really an important part.
0: Tell us a little bit more. In your article that's recently been published, um, you discuss the, the dimensions of emotional intelligence. What are those?
1: Yeah, there's actually four dimensions or or skills if we want to call them. I often refer to them also as a bit of a quadrum because it is so easily outlined as a quadrum. And they are the first two quadrum that focusing on ourselves, and then the second two quadrum that are focusing on others. But let me get started perhaps with the first quadrum, which is all about self-awareness and that's where emotional intelligence really starts off. It's the ability to recognize and understand our own moods, emotion and feelings, and actually also being aware of the effect that we have on other people on an emotional level. And this stage is really important because individuals with self-awareness, they actually show greater self-confidence. And I think we all would like to have a bit more confidence, especially in today's uh, uncertainty. So that self-awareness is a really important part to get started. And once we created the self-awareness, then we actually can move into the second dimension, which is all about the self-managements. And that's about the ability to regulate and control our own emotions. And sometimes the impulse that we have so that we can redirect negative emotions and still actually achieve positive outcomes by utilizing the emotional intelligence or information that we got as a guide. So we can more resourcefully think and behave based on our own terms rather than thinking the decision is taken away or that we influenced by everything around us. And if we can self-regulate, we become more trustworthy, I believe, more reliable and also much more open to change. And again, I think we all agreed that this is a very important skill to have uh, in today's world that we face a lot of uncertainty. And um, yeah, and I think especially since COVID hits, I see a lot of people feeling stress and anxiety. And of course that fits into emotional intelligence as well how can we claim back some self-confidence belief in more in ourselves and of course we do that with the self-awareness that we talked about and then start to self-regulate our moods emotions and take more responsibility for our decision making and action and once this is done then we actually go into or can look outside of us because i often say Leadership is about an inside job first, and so is emotional intelligence. And once we have our emotions under control, then we can start to look at uh, what we call social awareness, which is the third dimension of emotional intelligence. And this is then really the ability of individuals to understand other people's feelings and emotions, and then respond effectively to where they are from an emotional point and this is of course an important step because leaders do need to have that empathy and compassion that we often hear um, in the same sentence with emotional intelligence and that really gives us then that social awareness or the the opportunity to really understand where other people are to develop them and positively influence them uh, to also create more self-awareness and self-mastery with their emotions, which then leads into the social skills, which is the last dimension of emotional intelligence, where we can demonstrate the ability to manage relationships and networks in finding common grounds. And that, again, is so important because there's a power of one, but there's certainly also a power of many, which is all about collaboration. And we can certainly achieve much more when we have the skills to build those long-term relationships that are built on win-win outcomes, which is, of course, also an important part of emotional intelligence.
0: You mentioned, as you were speaking, just how important you know having high emotional intelligence and being able to to regulate your own emotions is so important to being able to build trust and I'd like to explore that a little bit more because I think that's one of the areas that we are struggling with most and as the world has already moved and continues to move into into one in which social contracts will will continue or will dominate in terms of the 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 type of relationship established between leaders and teams or organizations and employees and and trust is so central to those those social contracts what is that relationship between you know emotional intelligence and trust why is it so important what is that balance that we're needing to find or what are the skills that we're needing to grow in order to achieve that
1: yeah that's such an important question and thank you for asking trust um And let me maybe elaborate a bit more with that emotional intelligence, because there is trust, certainty, comfort. We quite often refer to as comfort zone. And then there is a lot of chaos around us. So what I'm talking about here is one is the internal state, how we interpret things in our life and how we make sense of the world that we live in. And the other thing is then how we respond back to what is happening around us. And emotional intelligence really helps to build that certainty and trust, not outside of us, but actually inside of us. So the trust that we can deal with any situation that life throws in our way. So as more trust and certainty that we have within ourselves as more chaos we can actually then deal with what we have around us and there is this beautiful correlation because people who don't have self-awareness or emotional intelligence in the first place they are way too affected by everything that is happening around them of course at the moment uh, covid Now, of course, there's some sort of effect on all of us, but the question is how much do we let the external environment affect us? And as more we kind of are affected by what's happening around us, as less trust we have in ourselves, And that's where we try to really control other people, but in a very unresourceful way, and that's the spiral dynamic that goes downwards because then we're losing even more self trust because we're putting a lot of effort in uh, and not really getting a lot in return. I do hope it makes sense. We're going quite deep with emotional intelligence.
0: Tell me, how have you seen this in the work that you've done uh, with leaders throughout these years? How have you seen this play out? You know, when a leader displays very low emotional intelligence versus displaying high emotional intelligence?
1: Yeah, look, I think successful leaders, there is, again, there's a pattern, a strategy behind, and I quite often see successful leaders really do have that ability and skill of emotional intelligence uh coming back to our previous conversation here uh we there's only so much we can do on our own being able to tap into other people's emotions uh, helping them out to step up with their awareness and self-management of emotions by sometimes tapping into their belief system what is working for them and what's not and really helping them along that is certainly something that I see in successful leaders.
0: And there is a way to obviously measure emotional intelligence. Do you think we're doing that enough? Do you think it's important to have this objective measure when wanting to develop your own emotional skills? Or is it just something that everybody should, should kind of know that they're needing to do? And no matter how good you think you are, you know, you should continue to develop those skills.
1: There's absolutely always more to it. There's always improvements. I think we are all work in progress. Uh, We are never really there, Uh, thanks God. Otherwise, what would we do if we uh, completely accomplish our tasks and skills? That would be a very boring world, but you're spot on. Uh, Measuring is important and I do, think that we quite often struggle because we are often conditioned that we need to measure things on a piece of paper that we need to have uh, tangible measures in place and that becomes quite difficult when it comes to emotional intelligence. So the advice I quite often give to people or or to to answer the question how we measure emotional intelligence. There's actually two ways, two main ways, which leads us back to um, the four quadrants of emotional intelligence. The first one is what I call uh, the self report methods, where we really check into our own emotions and ask ourselves, for example, do I often feel worried for no reasons at all, or do I actually feel in control of my emotions? How comfortable do I feel with my emotions? And how confident am I that I can manage my emotions and build long-term relationship with others? And the answer to those questions probably will give you a really great insight at what level you are with your emotional intelligence. Now, of course, emotional intelligence is also about relationships and people skills. So on the other hand, you can also ask other people what they think about your emotional intelligence. So maybe you wanna ask the people around you and if that's in your family, in your team, in your workplace, you can ask them, do you think that you're really good at reading other people's emotions well? Do they think that you manage emotions effectively? and do they think that you actually understand the emotions of other people and where they are at the time being when you have a conversation with them. Having said that with the second part, we need to be careful uh, because please keep in mind their rating um, are often based on their behaviors and what they kind of observe, but they are not always seeing you. And of course, there's some sort of bias with them as well. The beautiful thing is coming back to the first um, measures, it is up to you what feedback you see as useful to improve your emotional intelligence and also use the self-awareness of what certain things has to do with the other people uh, because you don't wanna take on the challenges of other people.
0: And I suppose even to start that activity, one does need quite a a high level of self-awareness going into such an evaluation and and looking at that. And typically a relationship that one would really benefit from uh, through a coaching relationship?
1: Yes, absolutely. Coaching is so important because coaching, I think it's just part of emotional intelligence because it's really that social skills that we build and the long-term relationships If we can ask the right questions, if we can tap into other people's emotions, as well as our own ones, we become, as I call human magnets. People feel very comfortable around us. Mm. And that's another measure of how uh, good we are with emotional intelligence.
0: What would you recommend for, you know, any leaders or anybody out there listening to this podcast, how would they start going about developing their emotional intelligence skills?
1: Yeah, sometimes it can be almost a bit overwhelming. And uh, even that has to do with emotional intelligence. This is when we perhaps try to do way too much in too little time. So let's go back to basics. And uh, in other words, to the first quadrum of emotional intelligence where you really simply focusing on creating more self-awareness around your own emotions. So coming back to being curious and tapping into your emotions. And for example, uh, I hear often people talk about that they're frustrated with the situation. So if frustration is what you feel, for example, then literally ask yourself with curiosity, why do I feel frustrated? What is the purpose of this emotion in this particular situation? And interesting enough, you may feel like we are surrounded by roadblocks in our lives so in your life particularly, where you are uh, consciously putting efforts in but not receiving the rewards. So in other words, the emotion of frustration may want to indicate that what you are currently doing is simply not working and that you need to change your approach in order to achieve your goals. Frustration might be a signal for us to become more flexible. And that is a beautiful example of Mm -hmm. how we can create more self-awareness and by connecting to our emotion of frustration. In that particular example, we may start to realize that frustration is actually our friend, which allows us to brainstorm new ways of getting better results, where we can uh, crack the code and say, all right, maybe I need to get some inputs on how to deal with that situation in a different way. Maybe I need to find a coach or a mentor a role model, someone who has found a way to get what I want to achieve and really start to modeling other people's emotional behaviors as well that have of course a very high level of that Uh, emotion
0: and what i'm what i'm hearing you say as well it is also looking at especially when you when you're feeling i suppose those emotions that are more on the negative side of the spectrum but also just pausing and almost reframing the situation just to allow that curiosity to emerge or that openness to to looking for different ways or looking for solutions as opposed to remaining in that negative frame of mind
1: that's exactly right because either we are trapped in the frustration or we try to depress it or suppress it again or get even rid of it. And that's where, we, that's where we are not really living to our full potential because we deny parts of who we are. And I think emotion is a beautiful thing. So as more we can embrace that, as more we can overcome the stigma or the, the, the limiting beliefs that we quite often have. And what just pops in my mind is that men don't cry So we see the negative impact that it has on humans. And in that particular case on man, perhaps if we are conditioned to not connect to our emotions and uh, even further, as you said, negative emotions or positive emotions, I think emotions are the communication between our conscious and unconscious minds. And as more we listen to our emotions, as more we live congruent to our values and who we really are, that's a really important part. So negative emotions coming back to frustration, if we tap in and we start to realize what the message is from our unconscious mind, interesting enough, the emotion starts to fade away because they are not needed anymore. As more we deny the frustration, as more they become stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's where we're wasting a lot of energy. So, yes, emotions are a big part of who we are. Let's embrace it.
0: And they also, I mean, they also cloud the way we're able to judge situations. So if we're not able to process, we almost look for information that's going to confirm what we're feeling in that moment which also doesn't make for you know good decision making or even allow for critical thinking really does it
1: absolutely and that's where again that's where the harmony comes in between Mm. our mind and our heart I often say and we need to be able to articulate our thoughts but we also need to be able to articulate our emotions and if we bring our thoughts and our emotions in harmony, that's when things starts to happen. That's where we have a very high level of intelligence. And that's where things starts to happen with ease with actually very little uh, input and effort
0: fantastic so we're nearly at the end of our session today but i have one more question for you it's actually two parts i suppose and that is you know typically when people embark on this journey of of wanting to develop their emotional intelligence what challenges do they typically face so what are those stumbling blocks and then how how do we how do we navigate those how do we overcome that
1: yeah there there can be some challenges let's be very honest here and based on working with many different individuals over the years, I believe one of the biggest challenges for people is to really connect to their emotions and truly embrace them. Uh, Sometimes people have then that mindset is like, oh, it's too hard or it's too painful. And they actually distract themselves with other things where we even adopt uh, beliefs like um, time will heal the wounds. No, they don't because the unconscious mind as an interesting fact as well is that doesn't understand time so if something happens 10 years 20 years ago or last week it actually has the same value to us on an emotional level yes while we can ignore the fact where we can ignore or distract ourselves probably that negative emotion or positive emotion can always be both depends on the experience And as you said, nicely, Karen, how we interpret things and if we see positives or negatives in those experiences can certainly help us to finally deal with the situation, tapping into the emotions or keep ignoring them and putting them off and hoping that they start to fade away. But we probably all do know that we need to tackle problems. Otherwise, it's just a matter of time until they come back and this is almost like we for or create the self-fulfilling prophecy, where we are exposed to the same situation again and think why on earth or how on earth did I end up in the same situation again that probably has a lot to do with keep doing the same thing
0: we keep repeating the same pattern
1: exactly actually. rather Can than I- changing something
0: Absolutely, and I think you and I should advocate for for changing time heals all wounds to time and adequate processing heals all wounds.
1: That's exactly right, and there's a there's a fine uh, difference, but a very important one.
0: That's very important. <laughs> well absolutely. said so thank you Martin I've really enjoyed my time with you today and if if you would like to read more uh, your latest article is available on life online and we are really looking forward to your upcoming webinar which is also where our listeners will have a chance to ask your questions directly to Martin and really you know explore how you can take charge of your emotional and mental well-being so thank you Martin
1: thanks for having me and you have a wonderful day